good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's our annual toy drive where we'll be giving out old NPCs to rappers in need. If you're an aspiring rapper out there, working out there with the old copy of Fruity Loops, we've got you. We're collecting NPCs, MIDI keyboards for all you aspiring producers out there. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to sit there and stay with that lady to buy you to get at you need. We will come in there and help provide you what you need to become the future Lex Lugers and Michael Maditz of the 2021. Who's even a hot new producer now, actually? Now I, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think of, yeah, who, like, who's a new producer? I feel like everybody and their mother just like puts type beats on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, but it's like we had, but that's a, but that's an interesting question in itself where, it felt like you had this class of trap producers come in and then that's it. Like, yeah. like that was the, like, the you know, like, like, you know, you, you got a little bit older drummer boys and you kind of lent to your Lex Lugers and you kind of lent to your Mac will made it and, you know, 88 mafia. But then right there, that's where everything kind of like, yeah. and you've got, I'm going to say you don't have like a lot of popping producers out there, but the idea of where, Oh, this guy going to produce my whole thing. Oh, no, I could kind of think of is maybe, and I even to say a superstar producer per se, but Kenny beats has a lane, like an underground oh, yeah, lane yeah, yeah, of yeah, where yeah. it's just like, Oh, if you need X, Y, Z, you know, he's got a TV show. He's got, but it's weird. Who, who is like the super classic producer? There, there really isn't nowadays. There, yeah. I feel like producers have kind of fallen back to just being producers and like the era of producer as brand all up in the, on your video. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of weird. Like, 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 like that era is, might be done. I'm trying to think like Zaytoven might be the only producer that's kind of like, like the last producer is kind of a brand. I'm trying to think of like, cause we are like 40 um, with Drake. Like, cause I'm just trying to think like, uh, I even saw like a interview with the dude who produced the WAP beat. Who's also worked with a few other different people. And, but I, I don't even know his name. Like he's just a producer. Like he's just a dude like in the studio with the headphones and like, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and you know what? I'm not. No, I don't know if I'm necessarily mad. Like it's because you, I like we know producers, but like like there tend to be like like you know going back to the like you know there's dudes who are doing really dope production on the underground, but it's weird. It's like it's it's almost like I guess the idea of songwriting camps have happened. Like songwriting camps of songwriting has kind of it's now production also. Whereas it's mm. like all right. Put the baseline here, this here. We'll grab this beat from over here, put it all together, and bam! Now we've got a, a beat for a song, and it will kind of Frankenstein the songwriting shit in here. You know, it's it's like it's all by committee now. It's in a word space. It's like the idea of where oh cool, you know, we went from like you know the idea of where it was a you know a MC and a DJ to the fact of you know producer for the whole album to the fact of for the producers to like probably even beats now have like 18 credits to them you know what I'm saying oh yeah no no definitely yeah. definitely um <laughs> and there's no there's no segue there <laughs> there's no segue there that's it um, you know <laughs> so it's been a minute y'all um you know look time as Erica Badu famously said time is for white people um yes. <laughs> It's a white. There was no time in Africa. It's a, it's a white construct. It is a white construct. Like the I, I I went a deep dive on time zones on YouTube and it's fascinating. It was only oh, really? created to keep the trains running on time. Stay woke. Anyway, 
<laughs> Mind blown. Transportation. That capitalism. Um, but no, I mean, look, it's, it's been a minute. You know, time escaped us, but we're back. So we're going to talk about some things that might be a little bit old. But uh, I don't know. We're, we're still going to do it. Um, and the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Young Thug versus Andre 2000. Um, and I, 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 I wish I had time. I, I should have like pulled up the quote. But basically, <laughs> your boy Young Thug <laughs> is out here basically saying, um, well, here's the thing. He first was like, I don't pay attention to Andre 3000. Like, you know, I just don't check for him. You know, like whatever. Right. And I, you know, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say something that probably get me like doxxed or whatever, especially living in Bed-Stuy. But like, I think that's fine. Like, yeah, I think that's fine. It was like the follow up when it's just like when he was just like, you know, because I guess like they were like, oh, well, what about Elton John? You work with Elton John. Why don't you work with, with Andre 2000? It's like, oh, Elton John, like, doesn't like, you know, come at me with like like I need to like like owe him something or some some like crazy ass shit like that. Right. And I'm kind of like, dude, no, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's weird because, like, as we all, Andre, he drops lots of verses every year. Like, it's not like it's hard to find an Andre. It's, it's hard. Every year you'll find a couple of Andre verses, long story short. So it's not hard to get an Andre feature. I kind of get the bigger point where. Uh, oh, so, so sorry. Here's here's a quote. Shoot. Elton John likes to kiss ass, and Andre 3000 likes his ass kissed. Whew. That is the quote. Yeah. And actually, you know, <laughs> first of all, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Shouts to Elton John. Because there's one thing that, like, it, I always find it fascinating when you have a lot of these old guards, like, you know, I got the million and one Grammys lying around. Because every time I hear the same thing about David Bowie, where you'd find David Bowie in, like, a dive bar in New York City checking out a band. Yeah. So I always love, like, these old, like, you know, because they don't have to prove anything to anybody. They're even beyond just biting people's styles just yeah. to kind of stay relevant. They're, you know, their shit is in the rafters already. So I love the fact you have these old heads. Because I always hear about Elton John hanging out with all these new young rappers and all these new acts. So I love the fact that, you know, even somebody who's that esteemed is just like, yo, I, f- I fuck up the new shit. I fuck up the young, the young the youngsters out here. Yeah, and then he, um, he, then he gets dragged by Young Thug. <laughs> yeah, then he gets dragged by Young Thug. Well, you know, that's what, that's what you get, bro. Get out of the way, old man. Nah, and then, and like I said, I get the bigger idea. I struggle with two things. One is the idea of where, particularly in hip-hop, we tend to be very disposable towards our elders. We've You've got a lot of dudes who've paved the way that, don't, that never got a check they deserve back then or now. You got a lot of dudes who are doing dope shit now that still only get the respect that they deserve to get respect. At the same time, I kind of understand where, you know, there's a weird snobbery you have where, like, music nerds have, where it's very much like, oh, you don't know who so-and-so is? You don't know who so-and-so is? Now, Young Thug is not necessarily young, young, young. So I'd be very surprised where he doesn't necessarily know Outkast. But that said, it's not really that surprising where Outkast really isn't on the forefront of what he does. Obviously, there's stars that are kind of aligned. You know, you've got somebody who plays with androgyny. You've got somebody who does singing. Like, like I said, is because the, he's they're both rappers working in, I'd say, avant-garde pop, spa- pop spaces. It makes sense as a bleed over, but it's also a little bit insulting. Where and I get it for like if it's just like yo, bro, but you we'll put outcast, but it's like yo, I'm, I'm young thug, you know. It, it goes back to the idea of I'm an artist, you know, and I'm sensitive about my shit. 
it's it's not necessarily mandatory for young thug to worship Andre Three Thousand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and I, and I feel like that's that's it's not just hip hop; it's just music nerdery or music, you know, stands in general where it's like you know you're supposed to um, you know worship what's come in the past, and and you know even to uh, just more of a evil extent, like you're supposed to kiss the ring. Right, like you're supposed to um, get the blessing of these like older hip hop artists, and that's kind of how hip hop has operated for the longest time, right? It's like you know, you if you're a budding New York rapper, you want to get the blessing of whoever's hot in New York, all right? Or you want to get the blessing of like Funk Master Flex, or you want to get the blessing of so and so, right? Like in this new generation, it's all DIY. It's all straight to consumer. You don't have to get the blessing from anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I, you know, I I get why somebody like Young Thug is just kind of like you know, like I you know, on you know, Andre three thousand. I don't want to kiss his ass. I don't need to kiss his ass, and it's true. Like like, <laughs> Young Thug does not need to kiss Andre three thousand's ass for anything. And um, I remember. It's a weird segue. I remember also, wasn't that one of the issues? And again, I feel like I'm dumb enough to bring it up, but I remember I thought it was very striking where back when Nicki Minaj was hating on Cardi B, she was saying, well, I was an OG and she's got to bend down to my will and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's the idea of where, and, uh, you know, like I said, I struggled because hip hop is a blood sport. Like, it's not, I get the idea of respecting your elders, but at the same time, it's not mandatory. If Young Thug is just like, yo, I am on my own shit. I don't have to kiss anybody's ass. Like that's also hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I feel like that's like a thing where cause I know. Look, I'm on old man Twitter. Um, I, I got, I got in the club, um, and I, everybody I know is just like they're up in arms and clutching their pearls because, like, you know, how dare somebody insult Andre 3000? And I get it from that perspective too. Because look, Andre 3000 to me is a genius. I grew up with Andre's music, you know, like Outkast and Love Below, and you know, like you know, like half the people I know have run into him playing flute, <laughs> just walking <laughs> down the street, you know. And I'm like, this is, you know, Andre's a genius to me, um, and I understand why you would be offended when another artist, another black artist, kind of drags another black artist, but. Um, again, like Young Thug, he's not young. He's like twenty nine. It's about to be thirty. Yeah. So he's not like the youngest. Old, it, old Thug. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta happen, right? Like when you like when does every rapper of a young or a baby like change their moniker? Yeah, <laughs> we're getting we're getting like I, I like Lil Wayne. I, I at a certain point, I feel like even though it's probably more because of his stature, I'd be like, bro, it's not, I'm I'm sick. I'm like forty, bro. I know, I know, but Lil Wayne's not forty yet. He's still like like thirty eight, so maybe forty yeah, is the cutoff. Yeah, maybe forty. <laughs> anyway, but 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 yeah, I mean, I I, I think that uh, I I see it from both sides, but I also I don't know, like 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 Young Thug is not going to look at all of the like the pearl clutching and be like, oh, I'm just going to listen to an Outkast album now, you know? Like he does, he like. It's not saying like he needs. He just doesn't need that credibility. He doesn't have to go through that process, and I think that's a good thing, right? I think the the, the fact that he can build his own brand without having to kiss ass is a great thing, you know. Like yeah. like, like that that 
opens up the doors for so many artists. I was listening to a podcast talking about female artists, female rappers, and there's this whole like crop of new female rappers out here. We all know this, but the whole SoundCloud generation has opened up a lane for them where they don't have to go through a male gatekeeper, right? So oh, very true. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you know, a young thug is kind of a, a even though he's a little bit older, like he's a part of that generation. So, uh, but yeah, the only thing I don't like though is just like, and I feel like this is what everybody. This is like a Trump thing where it's like you're you're in a corner, right, and you just double down on some bullshit, like the whole Elton John thing, <laughs> and <laughs> just doubling down on some bullshit. <laughs> And, and it, there could be real issues behind it, but the irony of it all is if you read anything about, like, Onyx 3000, he's basically like, look, all these young dudes I love, I love their flows, yada, 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 is basically the reason why I don't rap. It's just like, I respect the game too much to have my old ass coming back here and, you know, professionally trying to rap again. It's like, I it's like I love what the new cats are doing. So it, in, a, in a weird way, it feels like, and he has praised Young Thug. The irony of it all is I don't think Andre cares either. Andre's out in the corner, like I said, playing a flute somewhere, chilling. Like, it, is he somebody where, or probably even giggling at the fact that Young Thug is making fun of him, you know what I'm saying? Just because he's that much of a hip hop fan, whereas like he understands the, I I'll say the WWE ness of it all at the same time of of, of what hip hop can be sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and I, I I think to this date we haven't heard any response from Andre 3000. Um, you know, because Andre's not on social media as far as he's gonna know. give a flute solo somewhere. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like my dedication to Thug. You know, it's all and, love, brother. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he probably would be more underground now because, like the 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 first time he emerges from his co- uh, cocoon, you know, somebody's gonna ask him the question. You know. Like, oh yeah, no, it's gonna be yeah. But like so, I said, it's it's every time I see him in an interview, he's just like the reason why, and he's popped on a couple of like random weird like underground like shit that's definitely trap leading. So it's like again. He's somebody where, like, I always I find it very interesting where of all people, like, like that was the ex- example you use of this hip hop snobbery. But like I said, maybe something happened. Maybe he called for a feature. Maybe there's some numbers they come through, and Young Thug took it personally. But like I said, overall, it's it's like you know, it's 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 a quote. The 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 Twitter world is it's a nothing burger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, or maybe Andre will come on uh, our obscure podcast. <laughs> I, I see that happening. I, I would I would make I would make room for Andre to come on and uh, play the flute. Well, why don't you has that that uh, channel Orange guitar solo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm putting out out into the world. Like we're obscure enough. You could you. Could, like, I'm sure. No, nah, I'm gonna have to veto the guitar solo though. He can't have that guitar solo. <laughs> that shit was like, like rock bands, <laughs> level one. <laughs> it's woof. Oh, uh, see now, now, now we just got canceled in the eyes yeah, of Andre. He knows. See, that's why he went to flute, man. Like, Guitar's like, hard. Like Andre's listening, and he's like, "Oh snap, I'm going to Regis Stones." Like, "Oh, you just my guitar solo." I'm saying it's guitar. It's, a, it's not an easy <laughs> instrument, you know. Once you get past some little four cowboy chords, it requires a lot of finger work, a lot, a lot of, a lot of workshop, a lot of practicing man, in the room. You ruined it, fam. You uh, ruined it. We yeah, almost I, had I Andre helped, 2000. I helped any roommate Andre has right about now listening to play guitar. Now, now we, now we got to sell for Young Thug. Now we uh, have to sell for Young Thug. Who's not a bad pianist in his defense? And it's ready for this hot take. Young Thug is a better musician than fucking Andre 2000. That's a hot take, and I'm not That's touching that with a 50-foot pole. 
like, cause, cause young, and and the thing is, I'm not gonna be like young thug has got keys. He's got like you know black churchy keys. Whereas like he got, he knows a little bit of chords. He could do a little bit of something. If you've seen the memes, he knows how to work a computer. I mean, <laughs> so it, you know, it's it's it, maybe he's out here. Maybe, maybe ready for this conspiracy theory. The reason why we don't know any of the contemporary beat makers is because it's all young thug under aliases. Mm. Mm. He's out here, you know what I'm saying, putting in work on all these songs. You don't even know. He's that. Young Thug works in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the real versus battle. Uh, I, I, I would tune in to watch that versus battle. Um, oh, side note, stop asking us to talk about versus battles. I I keep forgetting they're coming on. Sorry. <laughs> and now it's on I, Apple Music, and I don't got Apple Music, so. <laughs> I feel like there's only two. I, I, I try to think of. I felt like you had the Beanie Man Bounty Killer. That's probably the best one. And then you had fucking. I feel like there's been a couple of highlights. Since then, it's been kind of a bad case of reruns. I haven't really been that impressed. I, the Gucci Man. The yeah. Gu, don't get me wrong. Gucci Man Jeezy was fucking. It, it was like. I'm trying to think of what it, it was a Gorbachev and Reagan meeting, basically. <laughs> Damn, we're dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So it was, hard. It was, yeah, no, it was. It was. It, it was maybe Israel Palestine. It was. It was <laughs> For the culture, it was very important. So I'm happy as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Uh, if, if you if you if you like, you know, tension filled rooms, definitely, it was very good to watch. Uh, performance wise, uh, but uh, but like I said, I, I love both those casters a lot. So I'm kind of happy that they kind of buried that hatchet. You know what I'm saying? And and, uh, and the after party. The, the only thing I, I remember from that was just like the the after party memes. Cause they, oh, yeah. they, they all went to um, ah shit what's the strip club out in Atlanta they all went there for the after party and it looked like it was like 1999 you know yeah. nobody wearing a mask <laughs> nobody wearing a mask Co- COVID everywhere <laughs> you know COVID on the guest list COVID in VIP <laughs> um, those memes are great but no we, we missed uh, Brandy and Monica we missed like um, uh, who we missed Brandy missed and Monica a- was good but I, I thought that was yeah, that's why I said it's 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 a. Um, we, well, I liked. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird. Like I said, it's it's. I like them because they celebrate again. Going back to the idea of where hip hop kind of disowns its own. It's nice to see people get their flowers when they're alive. Like we like to say, I love that aspect. It's at the same time I feel like like I said the only one I liked generally was fucking was was Beanie Man Bounty Killer only because like I said out of nowhere they're rapping over EDM beats. You know what I'm saying? They're toasting over EDM beats. Yeah, no. It, I, it felt like a performance where I was like, oh yeah, something That was like, great. That was a great Yeah, one. that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, oh yeah. shit. And then so you kind of veer from that. Other Brandy and Monica was good for performance wise. But and like I said it's 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 a lot of this a lot of this like there's a reason why the 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 biggest thing that happened was fucking Teddy Riley fucking up with the fucking audio. Like, that's the reason why. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of extras that happen. But like I said, it's, that's part of the magic. Is this the fact of music-wise, though? I'm like, ah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's it's something that's like, I don't know. I, I feel like when it was spontaneous and when it was just kind of, like, authentic, it was cool. But I think, like, now that it's such a brand, um, you know, I, I mean, it's still getting it's still getting mad views. It's still getting a lot of like views and traction and things like that. But um, I don't know. It just like it it, it lost me a little bit. So um, mm. so 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 don't hit don't hit me up talking 
you know, saying like, when you gonna talk about verses on the podcast? Cause, uh, so anyway, um, the only other thing we got here, uh, was it Takashi six, nine, the documentary. I guess I got to <sighs> talk about that. Um, uh, so for, for the record, I'd, I'd like to be that guy. And despite the fact that I said I'll probably watch it myself, I did not watch it. I, 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 I am. I have my karma is clear. <laughs> I, I am able to float out of here and look down. <laughs> so, I watched. You know, I you know you know my feelings on Takashi Six Nine. I watched the documentary because I assumed that Reg would watch the documentary. And I assumed <laughs> that you were just gonna want to talk about it in the podcast. And, and like, you're absolutely okay. right. I have absolutely trashy taste, and I, and I it's just I've been busy. <laughs> the reason why my karma feels so full is because I was watching imbuing other bad forms of entertainment. <laughs> so, all right, this documentary was like the thing that sucks about it is I feel like it would have been better if they actually gave it to a like a real documentarian. Like this looked like. They gave it to a dude who makes like really good short form YouTube videos and said, here, here's an hour and a half. You know, um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff about Takashi. Like Takashi has a very interesting life. Like I, I would say like they do touch on the fact that there's a it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, like he essentially. Um, saw his stepfather get killed um, out in Bushwick, and you know he like wanted to like always be a star, and he like he he's they painted him as kind of a leech, where he like leached onto different people in order to like climb up the ladder, um, and it, it is what it is. That's what you gotta do. Like he did that successfully, right? Um, there's a lot of really interesting racial politics where um, he leached onto. A lot of like, so the Gummo video was filmed in Bed Stuy, and apparently he was like um, either living or he befriended the family in Bed Stuy, and they were like going over Thanksgiving, like things like that, and then like one day they just like filmed the Gummo video on their stoop, right? Like just crazy things like that. Where um, and then he sold them out when he started like um, like trying to be with the gang with the Crips. Um, and then snitched on all of them, and they kind of touched on the racial politics, right? Like, there's this yes, Mexican yeah. dude who like pretty much put all these black people in jail, um, but they didn't go deep, right? They didn't go like like as deep as they needed to, right? Um, you know, um, and I, you know, there's just they alluded to his like, you know, the, like they interview his like I guess first girlfriend or former girlfriend and. They alluded to like the violence that took place in that relationship, but they didn't like really go deep on those things. It's just kind of like it was like an extended Wikipedia article in documentary <laughs> form. Um, but having that said, like I do think if there's anybody who is the subject of a documentary, um, Takashi is like is that dude, right? Um, I didn't know how deep the shit goes. Um, I didn't know how, like, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, he was kind of already doing the things he does now, um, kind of pre-meme, right? Like, he was making, like, these crazy-ass shirts, 
um, make sure so just say say like AIDS on on across the the, the top, right? He's doing uh, all that kind of like he's shock always a troll. value yeah. stuff, trolly stuff at like fifteen years old, right? So um, a lot of things I think like didn't it wouldn't you know it's just kind of like you you think some of these people just come out of thin air, but like no, they've been putting in work like for years and they've been putting in work like for years before they hit it big. Um, and that's true for a lot of people. Um, and like, and I would say any artist who gets to a point where they're at a million streams is put in a shit ton of work. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I thought like, I just wish that, and, and, and this is what I'm trying to like, I'm debating on canceling all my streaming like subscriptions. Cause it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it wasn't. It wasn't quality. And I wish if they if they put like another, like, I don't know. Like if they like got a better editor, got a better like like director. I think it would have been like really solid because I do think it's a really interesting story. Like his original father, I didn't even realize this. Like when he was in court, um, defending one of his lawsuits, his original father was there, like in the courtroom. Like screaming at him, and his original father is like homeless, like still lives in Brooklyn. His mother said that he was dead, but like that was like the day, like in court. Apparently, that he found out his father was alive. Like, like oh, you sure. know, like there's a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> that I'm just like, damn, this is a story. Like this is like uh, you know, but you know, just like kind of the 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 pre- presentation was just a little off. But um, you know, it's not making me a fan of Takashi Six Nine, but I I I get it, you know, I I get it. Random question: Did they ever talk about the management behind him? I always find that kind of fascinating. I know that early on he broke because he was linked up with these Eastern European dudes doing trap, and they were kind of helping his career. Like like I, I always wonder who's involved in the shenanigans now that he's pulling. Yeah, so they they, they did talk about that. They 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 actually went over to like. You know, because Hulu gave him a little budget, so they went over to Eastern Europe <laughs> and talked about those guys. And that's fascinating, too, right? Like, the number one country was, like, Slovenia, right? And he went over there and did, like, tour the whole country and was a star there way before he's a star in the States. Like, I mean, that's, that's fascinating in his own right, right? Um, and then, like, he... I guess like the people in Bedsty were kind of doing management, and he kind of threw them under the bus. And like this one guy who was, I guess, uh, a part of the Crips, was managing him, and he threw him under the bus. And it's I think it's unclear who's running the show right now, um, you know. And I kind of stopped right before COVID, so I I have no idea. Um, like kind of who's running the show and like who's like calling all the shots in terms of, of the management, but um, yeah, they they touch on like a lot of that stuff too. So, um, but you know, it's, it's weird, right? It's like he's not a great person, right? He's just he's a he's a leech. Um, his racial politics are questionable, um, but it's a very interesting story. So, I just yeah. had an idea, but if you think about it, though, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I love to defend people, but at the same time, you wonder if, like, you know, like, sort of stuff ought to get killed, 
young poor dude is in the streets early on obviously morally like you know not there but at the same time they set him up for fail like you know what I'm saying it's the things played out the way they did obviously somebody who's a troll obviously somebody played up for the fucking cameras but you know and I guess a lot of people don't have the opportunity to have that kind of happen because the irony of this is why you while while you're here watching you know Kulu versions of Takashi Six Nine I am listening to Bobby Schmurder podcasts going deep into the criminal justice system shots to NPR a lot of the riots but uh but yeah but you look at it and like a lot of these it sucks because it's very easy to look down on these people on some like yo if I you know I would I would you know obviously. We can look at the snitching and how Takashi definitely pokes the bear a thousand times. That's his shtick. But at the same time, you look at it where, you know, these are relatively young kids who kind of got into a weird path. And it makes you wonder if the world wasn't the way it is, if the world wasn't slanted the way it is against a young Mexican dude in New York City, against a young black kid in fucking and Flatbush, that we wouldn't be where we are now. And obviously, as an adult, he's on some horrible things. He's abused women, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the system kind of created him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's 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 easy. And, and I, I've, I'm, I'm part of it. I was joking about it before to kind of point at him specifically for his own moral failings, which he does have. And he needs to take responsibility for. But at the end of the day, it's system. That's why I even actually was like, who's the manager? It's like, there's always other shit happening in the background where these things don't happen. At the end of the day, it's always the man. Involved. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm eagerly anticipating you watching it. I, I, I want to get your take. I'm, I'm gonna probably watch it tonight. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I don't know. My, my watch was like a borderline hate watch. <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah, like like I said, I, I, a documentary is a, you know it's not like the subject is involved with documentary. It tends to be on the side, so it's like it's not like I'm gonna be giving Takashi his money. But at the same time, it's like it's. I think it's also the idea of where, I, like I said, we all know it's gonna go. It's just like it's gonna be. It's, I'm I'm interested in the path, but it's like damn, we we ended up in this. It's at the end of the day, somehow it's like you know it, it involves just just the system fucking people over. You know, yeah. that's all. Yeah. But on positive notes, let's talk about the new music. New music. Yeah, that's there's my beautiful falsetto. Um, I'll start this off. Um, Juicy J released a new record a couple of weeks ago called The Hustle Continues, which I finally got a chance to give it a good listen. Um, on my end, uh, back in the days, Huge Tree 6 fan. Actually, at the time, a lot of those early 3-6 tracks were the ones that kind of, because, you know, as, as all New York City kids, I was like, this Southern shit sucks. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <laughs> Those are one of the few bands just kind of leaked over here, possibly because of subject matter, possibly because of the production, where I kind of gave them respect. You know, we all saw their trajectory to them winning fucking goddamn fucking Academy Award. Um, very huge fan of his comeback because it's one of the rare times where you see somebody start a style, particularly a person of color. Yeah. They start a style. And they're actually there to reap the benefits of that style being co-opted by the wider pop spectrum. So to kind of see a person who basically helped engineer trap music be there and do get that Katy Perry check, fucking fantastic. Um, that kind of fa- fell away a little bit because there's been a lot of, you know, it's he's had a couple of mixtapes. The, 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 the spectrum kind of changed. So I was like, oh, shit, he's got a new fucking major. I think the last one, I think it was State Trippy. I think maybe that yeah. was three years ago, which was solid. That was actually pretty good. Like the thing about GCJ is that even in this era, the highs aren't necessarily classics, 
but mm-hmm. he's never really he's never really come off anything bad. He's somebody where he knows his lane. You know, he's somebody who's forty five years old now. He he knows what works well. Um, so anyway, the hustle continues. So I put this on expecting more of what we've kind of had later era. Juicy J, a lot of drug talk, a lot of this, a lot of that. It's surprisingly very three six mafia. Mm. It's 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 there's a point where he kind of basically upgrades a two way freak song. It's a uh, it's a lot of fucking old soul samples with the sinister ass bass lines. It just felt more like it's almost like obviously because that whole sound started trap. So I can't say it's not trap music per se, but it's definitely lean towards that three six mafia resurgence than what he was doing with like let's say let's luger or mike will it's something that's it's so it's it's kind of like a word 360 because there's even i forget definitely one of them is two two-way freak but i forget the other track but it's at least two old 360 mafia tracks he basically updates for this new record so it's like a, it's a it's a cool little like fucking bookend to his career i mean what do you expect from the record it's the same shit it's it's juicy J. You know, smoking, women, and a couple of shootings. And he's just in great form. Uh, what I thought was very surprising was Logic, of all people. Apparently him and Logic are cool. So Logic comes in there and drops two, like, fucking murderous ass bars out of nowhere. Like, he drops two solid-ass fucking smacking a bitch verses. I was like, oh, shit, Mr. Logic. You know, Logic Look is at like... You. He he will you know, when logic like brings a fire, he actually brings a fire. Like yeah, I, th- you know, I, I I was like listening to a like a random Spotify playlist and like I was like, Oh shit, what is this? And I look and it's like logic. Like, you know, he has some good Lucy's. Oh, you know, it's you know, it sucks because I, I hate the idea of where, you know, it's it's easy to clown dudes like that because of what they do and, and I do. I, I raise my hand to say that. But, like, they're still solid MCs, and you kind of forget that, I think. It's where it is, where, you know, it comes off easier. We've got, like, a sinister-ass beat. It's this dude's fucking bragging, and then Logic shows up and just brags at the same level as everybody else. Because, you know, we're, I'm just kind of used to here listening to him doing more introspective stuff and serious stuff. So when he comes out, they're talking about, you know, fucking your bitch. <laughs> it's like, whoa. But I'm like, oh, no, this is kind of, like, part of the tradition. This is, like, you know, obviously these artists are multifaceted. But anyway, you know... Got Project Pat in there. It's all the shit you expect from like a, a, a Juicy J Three Six Mafia album now, and and it's great. And it's it's hard to say that I'm gonna be like, yo, this is the you know the greatest record of all time. But if you're a Three Six Mafia fan, definitely worth listening. If you're a person who likes fucking like you know who's definitely into modern trap, definitely give it a listen because you kind of hear the, it, it does a really good job of showing you the past and the future and how they link together. Like, that's the only way you can describe it. It's, it's like a weird, like, almost like a time travel fucking movie where that portal opens up and you see both sides. <laughs> like, 1995 <laughs> and 2020, and they're looking at each other. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid little record to play through. I've been listening to that a lot nowadays. Nice, nice. Um, cool. So, I'm going to say, I have, I have three artists that I want to talk about because I went into a wormhole. Um... They're all artists of color. Uh, none of them are American, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just I I, I feel like I, I have the need to, to talk to them, uh, speak on them. Uh, so the first one is Tiana Major Nine. All right. Um. So UK artist. Um. She actually, um, made her debut last year. Um, she had a track of Earth Gang on the Queen and Slim soundtrack. 
Oh, shit. Which is a great soundtrack to an okay movie. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Although I do have to say, if you like, um, uh, Blood Orange did the or, or like the actual um, the the actual like orchestral arrangements and things like that. So he had there's a the original like music inspired by the motion picture soundtrack, but there's also a Blood Orange like actual music used in the movie. I forgot what they call it in movie speak, but um, check that out too. Um, it's really dope. Um, oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, but Tiana Major Nine. So. I was on a YouTube wormhole, and she actually did this um, performance for the Afropunk uh, streaming um, concert, which was dope. It was just like, you know, because I, I feel like now that everything is streaming and everything is just like all these live performances are, you know, basically, um, you know, they, they're, they're music videos now. Right, you have to engage people, and it's not like you on a stage because nobody wants to see that. And, and it was her, like, essentially in this beauty shop. She has an all-female band. Um, her band, like, all-female band that kicks ass, um, and it's literally just like her, like, performing. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, so it got my attention. Um, so I actually went back and, and, uh, she has a, a new EP called at sixes and sevens. And I'm going to say this R and B just regular ass R and B is, can be boring sometimes. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like a hip hopper, you know, like a hip hopper. Um, it's kind of true. We we can have a whole we can have a whole like episode on, on RV, um, but I will say that um, what sets um, her EP uh, at sixes and sevens um, apart is just like the storytelling. It's like really kind of it's not like Amy Winehouse raw, but it's just kind of like mad authentic. It's like oh, okay, this is just you like singing your diary. <laughs> Right, like I believe all of the things that are happening, like that you're singing. <laughs> you know, there's like a really great breakup song called "Same Space," um, "Collide." I guess it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a boot up song. It's a cuffing song, you know. Ah. Um, but it's it's just really like "Think About You," which is a really dope uh, kind of like reggae track um, remixed by this dude, a Notion. Um, I just I think it's it's solid R and B, and you know if you like um, Ari Lennox or like things like that, like like you would like this album. Um, but I think what's setting her apart is kind of the visuals, like the video that she did for Afropunk, the video for Same Space. Like I, I feel like her visuals are kind of setting her apart. Um, but yeah, I like that. Um, and then the second artist I want to talk about, um, also from the UK. Ria Sawayama, you down down with Ria, Rina Rina Saw- Sawayama? Oh, you know she's dope. Yes, I know it's 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 yeah. I think we, it's I, you know even wanted you didn't even know how my brain worked just now. I was like <laughs> that sounds like Japanese. That sounds like the Japanese girl. Oh, I know the Japanese girl. That was very it was very no. It's all good. My brain no. works in Black Mama racism bit apparently. But yes, <laughs> it's dope record. Yes. Yeah. So I I actually it's so it's really funny because. The algorithm fed me this this album, um, or this, this artist, 
was I was uh, watching the Rico Nasty video and I kind of went through a uh, Rico Nasty like video wormhole on YouTube. <laughs> a lot of and platforms then, and angry. Yeah, lots of anger. Platform know. boots and just like, Ugh. yeah, love it, love it. Um, we should have a special f- episode that's dedicated to uh, Rico Nasty. Um, but um, in that algorithm, they fed me uh, this track by Rina Sa- Saruyama called "Shut the Fuck Up," and it's basically a video. It's her. She's Japanese. She's on a date with a white dude. Like she's from the UK or like. It's really, it's really kind of crazy. I'll get into that her UKness, but she's on the date with a white dude, and this white dude is just like being a white dude, like saying like, "Yo, I like Pokemon," like, <laughs> "Oh, like you look like Lindsay Lou, Lucy Lou," like you know, like <laughs> whatever. And it's like very cringy, but to the point where like it's played so real that I'm, I was actually concerned for her. <laughs> I was like, I know this is acting, but I, 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 I could see this happening in real life, and I'm very concerned. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really funny because the rest of, of the album is a pop record, but this one, this track, actually is a straight up like kind of heavy metal, but pop heavy metal like record. <laughs> like think, I don't know, like Corn or think like you know like whatever, like Linkin Park. But in a good way. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I listened to the whole album. It's just called Sawayama. Um, It's not that. The whole album's more like traditional pop. But she also has a a track called Excess, which is, it sounds like a Lady Gaga song, but it's just literally talking about um, how she wants to tear down capitalism. And there's a running, I don't know if this is true or not, but the meme is that she wrote a diatribe. um, And I think this is actually true. Like she did her like grad school thesis on like Karl Marx or some shit like that. Oh, wow. (laughs) But it's just like, it's like really interesting, like layered pop. If you like a Lady Gaga, if you like that, like that's cool. But this actually has some substance, and it's coming from somebody who's of color, who is experiencing discrimination. Um, like she has a weird thing where she's kind of like a DACA, like she, it's like the British version of DACA or something like that. Like All she right. doesn't have a British passport. Um, she kind of has a green card or some some crazy shit like that, and she couldn't get nominated for best British artist at the like um, the Brit Awards. Oh shit! Because like even though she's been living in the UK since she was five, like, um, like since she didn't have a British passport, and like they checked that shit over there. (laughs) 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 You are not British. I'm I'm telling you, you gotta watch The Crown. It makes sense when you watch The Crown. Um, And like Elton John is like trying to step up on her behalf and like things like that. So our our boy Elton John. (laughs) Again, going back to the idea, if Young Cluck is making all the beats, Elton John is out here just just ghost 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 writing it for everybody. He's in the back, ghost writing, ghost managing. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a really, it's actually a really solid pop album. She has like chops. She she also got her first record deal at thirty, which is like something that's unheard of for like a female pop artist. 
Um, so it's a really cool story, and check it out. And I know we're like running out of time, but I do want to talk about the third artist in my wormhole, uh, Takei Meza, um, who is Australian, um, but I think she was born in Zimbabwe, I believe. Um, but she's kind of like I, the thing now for for like young kids, the kids. It's like you just jump between genres because what is a genre? So like her first track reminds me of like almost kind of like um, you know uh, Tierra Whack, right? And then her second track is a little bit more like Megan Thee Stallion. She's kind of spitting, and her like the next single is straight up like you know kind of jacking. Um, um, ah shit, who's the, who's the Black House? Artist. Azalea Banks? Banks. Oh, you see, that's fucked up. That, the, the sad thing is, those, those, <laughs> the description she gave, that's the only logical. That was on some, like, fucking Jeopardy shit. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> Damn. Shasta's this great artist, though, boo. I love you. Everything else, but your music, mwah. Um, but I, so all I have to say is, um, she has a, um, it's really funny because like she has this series called last year was weird um but her last series um debuted uh, so it's like last year was weird part one and there's a last year was weird part two but it debuted in 2020 so it's talking about 2019 and i, I feel like she missed a moment there but <laughs> um it's just really interesting like pop hip-hop um, from somebody I think who's still trying to find their sound. I, I think her like living in Australia and being Australian, but also being black, um, is really interesting. I feel like that gives kind of gives her a lot of like um, autonomy to kind of figure some shit out. Whereas like I feel like you know if you're making the stallion, you're born in Houston, you kind of have to sound, you have to shout out Houston, <laughs> you have to kind of you know. Whereas like I feel like. Decay is just kind of like throwing some shit together and seeing what sticks, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 in a way that's very interesting. It's in a way that's very pop, um, and I think you know, and, and it's in a way that doesn't sound like some of the other like female hip hop artists out here. Um, it's definitely a little bit more on the pop side, but I think that's good. I I feel like we need variety. So, yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Props to her. Yeah, nice. Nice 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 three for three. Look mm -hmm. at you supporting supporting POCE artists out there. I got I got what else? I feel like I, I feel like I throw a white dude into the mix. Uh <laughs> actually I can't think of any shit. Even in yeah, fuck. I'm I'm even the punction I'm listening to is a lot of a band called Soul Glow. Damn it. I gotta up, I gotta up my white people ratio. That's this mm. this this can't mm. stay. This is Sun Lives in the Black Music. My credit score goes down. The cops come in there. It's going to be fucked up. We're, we're in a white capitalistic society. I've got to toe the line. I've got to get Mark Carlton on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, on my end, yeah. I guess, quick quick shout out before I go. So my record I wanted to speak about was, uh, all right, long story short, actually here, I'm going to bring it back to white people, the way, the way I love to do it. There's a metal band I like a lot called Deaf Heaven. Uh, they had them interviewed on Bandcamp. So everybody in the in the band was shouting out albums to listen to. They happened to have one POC band member who's of Middle Eastern descent. And he shouted out a person. 
called Casa Overall, who's a drummer based in Brooklyn, black, blackly black, black, black. Uh, recorded this album around March. Uh, jazz drummer, some names you might recognize. Uh, Joel, what's his name? Shit. Actually, I'm going to cheat. It is... Damn it. But uh, it's, and he plays a xylophone. But long story short, anyway, he's somebody where he's coming out there. He, long story short, jazz session drummer would basically kind of record an album on his fly on his laptop. So basically, it kind of goes between jazz and hip-hop to trap. He's singing sometimes where it's kind of like almost intentionally kind of bad. I won't say bad, but it's almost like, let's say, like a, like a lullaby. Sometimes he's singing it like on very serious. But long story short, the reason why I listen to a lot of the record is that it's, it's a very fun experimental record where you kind of hop between the genres, like I said. But also, a lot of it is very, like, it hits you in weird ways because you'll have a couple of playful songs. So there's one song which I love called Darkness in My Mind. Which mm. is basically like, and then the guy in the bit metal band was on something like it sounds like some some sad Radiohead shit, and it sounds like some sad Radiohead shit. But it's <laughs> just like fucking. It's a lot of. It's it's hard to kind of say you gotta you've gotta listen to it because it's such a scatterbrained shot. It sounds like almost like a hard drive dump. But like if you just kind of go out there and check the SoundCloud, there's a lot of this fucking. There's a lot of gems here, and like personally, I like it because you know we're, we like music. I like I, I listen. I like I like you know. There's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of weird shit I like, but I think even in here, Joel Ross, there we go, right, mm. Joel Ross, who I saw at Jazz Fest in fucking Newport, great musician. Anyway, I digress. Um, it's something where it's it's interesting to see, like how you kind of mentioned before, a lot of the younger cats are kind of playing with genres and experimenting. It's cool to see a lot of, I won't say older cats, but a lot of cats in other genres where that's their primary, like jazz cats. Like it's, he's got songs here. You, I wouldn't, you, basically SoundCloud demos. It sounds like, and it's kind of cool to kind of see somebody who's obviously a classically trained musician willing to kind of put these things out there because it's like fuck it, music is universal. So I kind of want to shout that record out a lot. I've been playing it a lot the last couple of weeks, and this is fucking a dope ass record show. You know, props to him. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. And uh, that's it for this week. Y'all stay warm out there. Bundle up. It's winter. It's going to be a cold winter. It is brick. This brick. But is it brick, though? It's like it's not below free. This is the fake brick. This is the brick you get in, like, early. Like, you know, like, it's it's early winter. It's like, oh, my God, it's 35 degrees. It's cold outside. It's not like that 20-degree brick where you're just out there in, like, the fucking down jacket, you know, chilling outside. But but it's like the brick when you just, like, you know, because, like, say last week it was 65 degrees. And like today, it's like thirty. It's like oh, that yeah. brick was like, oh shit. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the body shock. Your body's awesome. Like nah, yeah. bro, you gotta give me a couple of weeks to get used to this now. Yeah, now nah, exactly. nah, it's a little shocking. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, but as usual, we love you guys out there. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Hug your pets. And uh, be safe. Peace. Until next time. Peace. Peace.